Book 2, Chapters 1 through 5 of Against Jovinianius by St. Jerome. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The second proposition of Jovinianius is that the baptized cannot be tempted by the devil, and to escape the imputation of folly in saying this, he adds, But if any are tempted, it only shows that they were baptized with water, not with the Spirit as we read in the case of Simon Magus. Hence it is that John says, Whosoever is begotten of God doeth no sin, because his seed abideth in him. And he cannot sin, because he is begotten of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. And at the end of the epistle, Whosoever is begotten of God sinneth not. But this being begotten of God keepeth him, and the evil one toucheth him not. This would be a real difficulty, and one forever incapable of solution, were it not solved by the witness of John himself, who immediately goes on to say, My little children, guard yourself from idols. If every one that is born of God sinneth not, and cannot be tempted by the devil, how is it that he bids them beware of temptation? Again, in the same epistle we read, if we say that we have no sins, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I suppose that John was baptized and was writing to the baptized. I imagine, too, that all sin is of the devil. Now John confesses himself a sinner and hopes for forgiveness of sins after baptism. My friend Jovinianius says, Touch me not, for I am clean. What then? Does the apostle contradict himself? By no means. In the same passage he gives his reason for thus speaking. My little children, these things I write unto you, that ye may not sin. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. And hereby know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But those who keepeth his word, in him verily hath the love of God been perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him, he that saith he abideth in him ought also to walk even as he walked. My reason for telling you, little children, is that every one who is born of God sinneth not, is that you may not sin, and that you may know that so long as you sin not, you abide in the birth which God has given you. Yea, they who abide in that birth cannot sin. For what communion hath light with darkness, or Christ with Belial? As day is distinct from night, so righteousness and unrighteousness, sin and good works, Christ and Antichrist cannot blend. If we give Christ a lodging place in our hearts, we banish the devil from thence. If we sin and the devil enter through the gate of sin, Christ will immediately withdraw. Hence David, after sinning, says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, that is, the joy which he had lost by sinning. He who saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Christ is called the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In vain do we make our boast in him 
whose commandments we keep not. To him that knoweth what is good, and doeth it not, it is sin. As the body apart from the spirit is dead, even so faith apart from works is dead. We must not think it a great matter to know the only God, when even the devils believe and tremble. He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Our opponent may choose whichever of the two he likes. We give him his choice. Does he abide in Christ or not? If he abide, let him then walk as Christ walked. But if there is rashness in professing to copy the virtues of our Lord, he does not abide in Christ, for he does not walk as did Christ. He did not sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. And as a lamb is dumb before its shearer, so opened he not his mouth. To him came the prince of this world, and found nothing in him, although he had done no sin. God made him sin for us, but we, according to the epistle of James, all stumble in many ways. And no one is pure from sin. No, not of his life be but a single day. For who will boast that he has a clean heart? Or who will be sure that he is pure from sin? And we are held guilty after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Hence David says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And the blessed Job, Though I be righteous, my mouth will speak wickedness. And though I be perfect, I shall be found perverse. If I wash myself with snow water, and make my hands never so clean, yet wilt thou plunge me in the ditch, and my own clothes shall abhor me. But that we may not utterly despair, and think that if we sin after baptism we cannot be saved, he immediately checks the tendency. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. He addresses this to baptized believers, and he promises them the Lord as an advocate for their offenses. He does not say, If you fall into sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Christ, and he is the propitiation for your sins. He might then say that he was addressing those whose baptism had been destitute of the true faith. But what he says is this, We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not only for the sins of John and his contemporaries, but for those of the whole world. Now, in the whole world are included apostles and all the faithful, and a clear proof is established that sin after baptism is possible. It is useless for us to have an advocate, Jesus Christ, if sin be impossible. The Apostle Peter, to whom it was said, he that is bathed need not to wash again, and thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Through fear of a maidservant denied him. Our Lord himself says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan asked to have you, that he might sift you as wheat. But I made supplication for thee, that thy faith fail not. And in the same place, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. If you reply that this was said before the Passion, we certainly say after the Passion in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. If we do not sin after baptism, 
Why do we ask that we may be forgiven our sins, which we were already forgiven in baptism? Why do we pray that we may not enter temptation, and that we may be delivered from the evil one, if the devil cannot tempt those who are baptized? The case is different if this prayer belongs to catechumens and is not adopted to faithful Christians. Paul, the chosen vessel, chastised his body and brought it into subjection, lest, after preaching to others, he himself should be found a retrobate. And he tells that there was given to him a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And to the Corinthians he writes, I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled, Eve in his craftiness, your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is toward Christ. And elsewhere, but to whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For what I also have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, for your sakes I have forgiven it in the person of Christ, that no advantage may be gained over us by Satan. For we are not ignorant of his devices. And again, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as man can bear. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make also the way of escape, that ye may be able to endure it. And let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And to the Galatians, ye were running well, who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth. And elsewhere, we would fain have come unto you, I, Paul, once and again, and Satan hindered us. And to the married he says, Be together again, that Satan tempts you not because of your incontinency. And again, but I say, Walk by the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are contrary, the one to the other, that ye may not do the things that ye would. We are a compound of the two, and must endure the strife of the two substances. And to the Ephesians, our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Does anyone think that we are safe, and that it is right to fall asleep when once we have been baptized? And so too in the epistle to the Hebrews, for as touching those who were once enlightened and tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then fell away, it is impossible to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Surely we cannot deny that they have been baptized who have been illuminated and have tasted the heavenly gifts, and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God. But if the baptized cannot sin, how is it now that the apostle says, and have fallen away? Montanus and Novatus would smile at this, for they contend that it is impossible to renew again through repentance those who have crucified to themselves the Son of God. And he put him to an open shame, he therefore corrects this mistake by saying, But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and the things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forgive your work in the love which ye showed towards his name, in that ye ministered unto the saints and still do minister. And truly the unrighteousness of God 
would be great if he merely punished sin and did not welcome good works. I have so spoken, says the Apostle, to withdraw you from your sins and to make you more careful through fear of despair. But, beloved, I am persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. For it is not accordance with the righteousness of God to forget good works, and the fact that you have ministered and do minister to the saints for his name's sake and to remember sins only. The Apostle James also, knowing that the baptized can be tempted and fall of their own free choice, says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he hath been approved, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to them that love him. But that we may not think that we are tempted by God, as we read in Genesis, Abraham was, he adds, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God himself cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempteth no man. But each man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Then the lust, when it has conceived, beareth sin, and the sin, when it is full grown, bringeth forth death. God created us with free will, and we are not forced by necessity either to virtue or to vice. Otherwise, if there be necessity, there is no crown. As in good works, it is God who brings them to perfection, for it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that pitieth, and give us help that we may be able to reach the goal. So in things wicked and sinful, the seeds within us give us the impulse, and these are brought to maturity by the devil. When he sees that we are building upon the foundation of Christ, hay, wood, stubble, then he applies the match. Let us then build gold, silver, costly stones, and he will not venture to tempt us. Although even thus there is not sure and safe possession, for the lion lurks in ambush to slay the innocent. Potter's vessels are proved by the furnace, and just men by the trial of tribulation. And in another place it is written, My son, when thou comest to serve the Lord, prepare thyself for temptation. Again the same James says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. For if any one is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the mirror. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth away, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. It is useless to warn them to add works to faith if they could not sin after baptism. He tells us that whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he has become guilty of all. Which of us is without sin? God has shut up all unto disobedience that he might have mercy upon all. Peter also says, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and concerning false teachers, these are springs without water, and mists driven by a storm, for whom the blackness of darkness hath been reserved. For uttering proud words of vanity, they entice in the lusts of the flesh by lavaciousness, those who had just escaped and have turned back to error. Does not the apostle in these words seem to you to have depicted the new party of ignorance? For, as it were, they open the fountains of knowledge, and yet have no water. They promise a shower of doctrine like prophetic clouds, which have been visited by the truth of God, and are driven back by the storms of devils and vices. 
They speak great things, and their talk is nothing but pride. But every one is unclean with God, who is lifted up in his own heart. Like those who had just escaped from their sins, they return to their own error, and persuade men to luxury, and to the delights of eating, and the gratification of the flesh. For who is not glad to hear them say, Let us eat and drink and reign forever? The wise and prudence they call corrupt, but pay more attention to the honey-tongued. John the Apostle, or rather the Savior in the person of John, writes thus to the angel of the church of Ephesus, I know thy works and thy toil and patience, and that thou didst bear for my name's sake, and hast not grown weary. But I have this against thee, that thou didst leave thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come to thee, and I will move thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Similarly, he urges the other churches, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, to repent, and threatens them unless they return to the former works. And in Sardis, he says, he has a few who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with him in white, for they are worthy. But they to whom he says, Remember from whence thou art fallen, and behold the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And I know where thou dwellest, even where Satan's throne is, and remember how thou hast received, and didst hear, and keep it, and repent, and so on. Were, of course, believers and baptized, who once stood but fell through sin. I delayed for a little while the production of proofs from the Old Testament, because wherever the Old Testament is against them, they are accustomed to cry out that the law and the prophets were until John. But who does not know that under the other dispensation of God, all the saints of past times were of equal merit with Christians at the present day? As Abraham in days gone by pleased God in wedlock, so virgins now please him in perpetual virginity. He served the law and his own times. Let us now serve the gospel in our times, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. David the chosen one, the man after God's own heart, who had performed all his pleasure, and who in a certain psalm had said, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, and shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Even he was afterwards tempted by the devil, and repenting of his sins said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. He would have a great sin blotted out by great loving kindness. Solomon, beloved of the Lord, and to whom God had twice revealed himself, because he loved women, forsook the love of God. It is related in the Book of Days that Manassas, the wicked king, was restored after the Babylonish captivity to his former rank. And Josiah, a holy man, was slain by the king of Egypt on the plain of Megiddo. Joshua also, the son of Josedek, and the high priests, although he was a type of our Savior who bore our sins and united to himself a church of alien birth from among the Gentiles, is nevertheless, according to the letter of Scripture, represented in filthy garments after he attained to the priesthood, and with the devil standing at his right hand, and white raiment is afterwards restored to him. 
it is needless to tell how moses and aaron offended god at the water of strife and did not enter the land of promise for the blessed job relates that even the angels and every creature can sin shall mortal man he says be just before god shall a man be spotless in his works if he putteth no trust in his servants and chargeth his angels with folly how much more them that dwell in houses of clay amongst whom are we and made of the same clay too the life of man is a warfare upon earth lucifer fell who was sending to all the nations and he who was nurtured in a paradise of delight as one of the twelve precious stones was wounded and went down to hell from the mount of god hence the saviour says in the gospel i beheld satan falling as lightning from heaven if he fell who stood on so sublime a height who may not fall if there are falls in heaven how much more on earth and yet though lucifer be fallen the old serpent after his fall his strength is in his loins and his great force is in the muscles of his belly the great trees are overshadowed by him and he sleepeth beside the reed the rush and the sedge he is king over all things that are in the waters that is to say in the seat of pleasure and luxury of propagation of children and of the fertilization of the marriage bed for who can strip off his outer garment who can open the doors of his face nations fatten upon him and the tribes of phoenicia divide him and lest haply the reader in his secret thought might imagine that those tribes of phoenicia and the people of ethiopia only are meant by those to whom the dragon was given for food we immediately find a reference to those who are crossing the sea of this world and are hastening to reach the haven of salvation his head stands in the ships of the fishermen like an anvil that cannot be wearied he counteth iron as straw and brass as rotten wood and all the gold of the sea under him is as mire he maketh the deep to boil like a pot he values the sea like a pot of ointment and the blackness of the deep as a captive he beholdeth everything that is nigh and my friend jovinianus thinks he can gain an easy mastery over him why speak of holy men and angels who being the creatures of god are of course capable of sin he dares to tempt the son of god and though smitten through and through with our lord's first and second answer nevertheless raised his head and then thrice wounded withdrew only for a time and deferred rather than removed the temptation and we flatter ourselves on the ground of our baptism which though it put away the sins of the past cannot keep us for the time to come unless the baptized keep their hearts with all diligence at length we have arrived at the question of food and are confronted by our third difficulty all things are created for the use of mortal men and as man a rational animal in a sense the owner and tenant of the world is subject to god and worships his creator so all things living were created either for the food of men or for clothing or for tilling the earth or conveying the fruits thereof or to be the companions of man and hence because they are man's helpers they have their name jumentia what is man says david that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him 
for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and crownest him with glory and honor thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thine hands thou hast put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen yea the beasts of the field the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea granted he says that the ox was created for ploughing the horse for riding the dog for watching goats for their milk sheep for their fleeces what is the use of swine if we may not eat their flesh of roes stags fallow deer boars hares and like such game of geese wild and tame of wild ducks and fig peckers of woodcocks of coots or thrushes why do hens run about our houses if they were not eaten all these creatures were created by god for nothing but what need is there of argument when scripture clearly teaches that every moving creature like herbs and vegetables were given to us for food and the apostle cries aloud all things are clean to the clean and nothing is to be rejected if it is to be received with thanksgiving and tells us that men will come in the last days forbidding to marry and to eat meats which god created for use the lord himself was called by the pharisees a wine-bibber and a glutton the friend of publicans and sinners because he did not decline the invitation of zacchaeus at to dinner and went to the marriage feast but it is a different matter if you may foolishly contend he went to the dinner intending to fast and after the manner of deceivers said i eat this not that i do not drink the wine which i created out of water he did not make water but wine the type of his blood after the resurrection he ate a fish and part of a honeycomb not sesame nuts and service berries the apostle peter did not wait like a jew for the stars to peep but went upon the housetop to dine at the sixth hour paul in the ship broke bread not dried figs when timothy's stomach was out of order he advised him to drink wine not perry and abstaining from meats they pleased their own fancy as though superstitious gentiles did not observe the rites of abstinence connected with the mother of the gods and with isis End of Book 2, Chapters 1 through 5